church boys. Efforts of U.S. Capitol Police, federal, state, and local law enforcement. The violence was quelled. The Capitol is secured, and the people's work continues. We condemn the violence that took place here in the strongest possible terms. We grieve the loss of life in these hallowed halls, as well as the injuries suffered by those who defended our capital today. And we will always be grateful to the men and women who stayed at their posts to defend this historic place. To those who wreaked havoc in our capital today, you did not win. Violence never wins. Freedom wins. And this is still the people's house. And as we reconvene in this chamber, the world will again witness the resilience and strength of our democracy. For even in the wake of unprecedented violence and vandalism at this Capitol, the elected representatives of the people of the United States have assembled again on the very same day to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. So may God bless the lost, the injured, and the heroes forged on this day. May God bless all who serve here and those who protect this place. And may God bless the United States of America. Let's get back to work. So I don't know if you heard, but uh, there was a problem in Washington, D.C. on Wednesday. Just a small problem. It was a tiny <laughs> one. And we are going to attempt to discuss that today and try to be... I don't want to say dispassionate about it, but to be reasoned and thoughtful. Sane. Sane, <laughs> semi, saner Which than, is a challenge for us. Right. For it especially for been, it has been some yes. of us. So so we 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 <laughs> I can be a problem too. Lucas is never a problem, clearly. No. She's but not. We are I going agree. to attempt to discuss this today, at least at the beginning of the show. And it's a little bit it's a little heavy, obviously. Uh, we're still going to have fun. We're still going to laugh and, and be goofy and dumb as we normally are. But right now, this is something that we need to talk about. Um, I, I, I don't know where, I don't care really where our listeners come down on, on pro-Trump or anti-Trump or about Trump. I don't, I don't really care. I don't think you guys care. I don't think, I, I don't care if you're somebody who thinks the election was stolen or you think the election was completely on the up and up. I don't care if you're a Biden supporter or a Trump supporter, if you're a Democrat or Republican on this. This is a story and this is an event that we all need to be able to discuss and talk about and say, um, we've got a problem here. And so I introduced it there. We That was Vice President Pence speaking uh, uh, from the Senate dais, the Senate chair um, on Wednesday night at eight o'clock, around eight o'clock uh, Eastern time when they had reconvened after the riots that had happened in Washington, D.C. at the Capitol building. Mm. I thought they were very thoughtful. I thought uh, whether you like Pence or not, whether you think Pence betrayed Trump or not, they were thoughtful and measured and 
exactly, I believe, the words that needed to be delivered at that time. And, you know, Pence was in an unimaginably difficult spot. And it was interesting when I woke up this morning watching the trends on Twitter and um, watching what people were saying about him. And a lot of the tweets saying, you know, Trump or, or Pence is either going to be the hero or he is going to be the person who destroys the republic, basically. And so he found himself in this impossible place where really constitutionally he could only do what he was called to do. Right. He Which couldn't do anything, envelopes. anything more. Yeah. Right. Um, that's not, and that's not an opinion about Trump or anything. That's the reality of what he was able to do. So even right. if he wanted to do what he was being asked to do, he couldn't do it. And yet this guy, I mean, I have to be honest, the composure that he had in the midst of a very stressful situation was actually, I thought pretty remarkable. I agree. Yeah. Pence seems like he only has like, like one level, you know, he yeah. just kind of like, there's no like there's no top or bottom to it. He just kind of hovers in this this middle zone, you know, most whether it's a debate or something like this, that it, I mean, it's a stressful day already. And then throw into that a bunch of people, you know, um, forcing their way, breaking their way into, you know, the capital that that puts it at a whole nother level. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, kudos for him for, you know, how he handled it. And and, you know, for them, I mean, I was shocked that they were able to reconvene as fast as they did. Yeah. I heard that on the radio that like, oh, they're going to be back at eight or eight thirty or whatever time it was. And I was like, yeah, right. Like we're, it's going to it's going to be like eleven thirty or midnight, you know, but, you know, they did it. And, did. and I think that 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 says a lot. And uh, it's a tough situation. I mean, obviously, an emotional situation for a lot of people. And, you know, you have people on all different sides of the fence on this thing. Um, you know, I think for me, you know, being somebody who's been, you know, an outspoken, uh, you know, I voted for Trump. I've talked about that. I'm, I'm very outspoken for conservative policies. I, I despise socialism, you know, all these things that I that I really stand for. Um, I think the only perspective of a place that doesn't put us into a place of hypocrisy is that when we see this, that we have the same response to what happened yesterday that that I had to what happened over the summer and what happened in the spring with the riots and the vandalism, you know, across this country. And I've said, you know, like if it's, if it's wrong, it's wrong. And, right. you know, to, to take matters in our own hands, to go outside of the, the, uh, the, the legal system, the justice system, the, you know, the, the, the really the constitution. Um, I didn't see yesterday, you know, Trump supporters attacking the Capitol. I saw a hundred thousand people having a March and a small fraction of those people, who were there, you know, be complete. Some of them just idiots. Mm -hmm. Like people just walk around taking photos. Like, I don't even know what that was. I don't know if I'd call that. A, those people walked in after somebody else charged the way and broke in. But the people at the front of that line starting this, I mean, I'm thankful there's videos out there of Trump supporters that are actually pulling people off of the Capitol building when they're trying to smash the windows yeah. and some of those things. But we can't discount the fact that there were people inside that that is a federal offense it is wrong. And I believe that, you know, um, it is something that no matter what side of the political spectrum that you're on cannot happen, you know, in this nation. Right. I, I told I, my, my view when I saw it happening, I'm still I'm still livid about it. I'm still I mean, it's like yesterday I was fit to be tied. I was. Yeah, I was. I, talked to I was. Yeah, I was, was not. Happy. I was furious. And um, well, it was it was. Because I was furious on a whole lot of levels, but mainly on, on, on the just the outrage of doing it. I don't care who it was doing it. 
right? If yeah, were, it if doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And, and it sounds like it was a whole bunch of different types of people, right. but certainly not to discount that part of those people were there wearing, you know, yeah. Trump hats and everything else. I don't see that as a as a statement about anybody else other than those people. Those people. And well, those people went in there I, and and did something that should never have been done. I I, I think yeah. where I think where it's I think where the where the if were they Trump supporters or not is relevant is in discussion of reaction to the event that happened, both on the right and on the left, among Trump supporters supporters and Trump haters. Because I don't think it's I don't think it's fair of Trump haters to say, look, this is what Trump supporters do. Well, that's what these Trump supporters did. And it's not fair for for Trump. I mean, 75 supporters. million people voted right. for him. And it's not fair for so, Trump supporters to yes. say that these weren't Trump supporters. Right. Well, no, a lot of them were maybe all of them, maybe 90 percent. I don't know. But I don't care if it's 100 percent Trump supporters or 100 percent Antifa. That riot breaking into the Capitol building, attacking police is never okay, ever. And so two things. One of the most annoying things to me was sort of the, and I'm going to give the other side of this too, but watching the memes of, oh, but, you know, over the summer, none of you said anything about this. Right. You know, now that is relevant in terms of this, what we're talking about here. I, I do think that a lot of people on the right were very quick to say, look, Black Lives Matter, look, you know, da, 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 da. and it's very similar that you have massive protests where the vast majority of people were not violent during those protests. Some people were, and we don't know in some cases who those people were. In other cases, we do. Yeah. But my point is these weird parallels, actually, that I think there are moments for us to step back and say, well, maybe some of us were too quick during the summer on, yeah. on our side to yeah. dismiss everybody as being violent when they weren't. And maybe in this case, people are too quick to assume all Trump supporters were doing this, right? So it's. It, I think these are moments of clarity. Instead of fighting about these things and only focusing on the other side over the summer, maybe flipping it a little bit and saying, Looking okay, that's ourselves. fine. Yeah. But, you know, right. we got to look at both sides. Because we, on the right, we mocked people who said, these are mostly peaceful protests. And if you were to take... You could take that argument that the, the, the Trump people today are the Trump people today are now saying this is a mostly peaceful protest. I read you an email just before we started, a, a nasty email I got from it a blaze reader. <laughs> it we can't was read glorious. it. It's one we cannot read on the air because fifty percent of it was filth. Billy will get canceled. <laughs> it was it was but, hate mail towards Chris that made me so happy. <laughs> It wasn't as well written as that screed against you, but it was no, it was fun. Not, it was not. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that but, person devoted a day to writing that it thing. It was so, wonderful. Yeah. But um not even where I was saying. But anyway, I think it's fair to discuss double standards that happen. I think that I think I think if you're going to have a discussion down the road about how the media has a double standard for how they treat riots, I think that is a fair discussion to have. I think it is fair also for people on either the anti-Trump side or the or the left to point out, um, you know, you spent all summer mocking them for saying it was mostly peaceful protests, and now you're using the mostly peaceful protest response in this, right? And I think that that's something that people on the right that criticize the, the riots over the summer ought to take a step back and look at it and go, you know what? That's a fair criticism. I might not agree, but it's a criticism that that is— I can understand having someone having that perspective. 
I, I, to, those are to, important things to understand. But when you're talking just about the riot and being furious about the riot, don't try to pseudo justify it by saying, well, what about what they did? In the I don't care what they did in the summer. Do you understand what's going on right now? The people are raiding, whoever they are, are raiding the halls of Congress like we're a banana freaking republic. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, you always I have think- to work food into it. I know. I love bananas. Sorry. Go ahead, Lucas. The, you know, when we see this, I mean, I think the, I mean, to go defensive and try to go, well, the left did, I mean, to me, that is completely the wrong answer on every level, you know, from that standpoint. Uh, And I, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, the violence and the, the, the vandalism and everything else that happened, you know, here, I think that, you know, the only perspective is to say both are wrong. And that's that's actually the strongest position because it supports, I think, the message that that conservatives, I'll say, as opposed to Trump supporters, conservatives have had from the beginning that, you know, what we cannot let, you know, anarchy, we cannot let, um, you know, just, you know, people riding our streets, vandalism and call that, you know, freedom of speech or something, you know, like that's not what that is. It's called crime. Right. And so and we need to, you know, we need to stop it, you know, in its in its path. And I think that we need to take the actions and and, you know, that are appropriate there. Um, you know, the the thing in this that I that I do think is is a point that, you know, is also worth pointing out on this. I mean, obviously, there's the conversation, you know, did Trump's language incite this? You know, it was was Trump, you know, was there this whistleblowing, you know, of this sort of thing? And, you know, frankly, I mean, Anybody that points at that, I think, also has to look at the left likewise. And, you know, was it Maxine Waters that I right. actually had a statement yeah, yeah, yeah. here? You know, if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, a department store, right. a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd and you push them back on them and you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Right. People you on know, the right and, and the people on the right were right to criticize her for that. Yeah. I and, think and so I, I think that, you know rhetoric matters yeah. and and you know in a world where we've probably gotten much more casual with that with social media with the, we're, you know we don't have these statements that are thought out all the time and really processing these things all the time you know rhetoric certainly matters um yeah. you know i would say that trump's statements that he has made about the election i would not put them at the same level of what no. i just read from maxine waters but that's a debate you know that's a right. point where people can feel either side and people are going to either love but it or having, hate it but having the perspective that trump's statements may have incited some people or or encouraged some people it's not an invalid perspective right that is a, that is a debate that we can have i might not agree you might not agree right but i think that there is something to be said for listen you got all over their case for quote inciting violence and making these protests happen why don't you take a look at okay let's take a look at what he said maybe that's and that's a fair thing to do and i think the appropriate spot is for all of us to step back and go hey the whole system's broken we're and we need to start doing we're this all thing, you know Absolutely. because it's there and call you know to call 25th amendment against trump or something right now when we have people that have done this all over the place across the thing like to me it just it's it's uh, it's very selective and I would rather step back and go, especially as a believer, and go, this thing's broken, and we need to look at really how do we fix the system, you know, across the board now, now for Billy, not just the next I, four I, years, but going forward. Now, Billy I knows this. Wanna... You brought up 25th Amendment. Billy knows this from yesterday in my conversation because I was furious. I'm like, if, if you know what, if they decide to impeach him or uh, or argue 25th Amendment, there, I said, there's a big part of me that's like, okay, not that I'm, I would, and not that I'm advocating for it, but it's like there's a part of me that there's a part of me that would be okay with that. In the moment yesterday, today, still part of me that's probably going, well, it might be entertaining. 
Um, but I think it'd be, it'd wind up being a disaster. I think, and I want to get to what Billy is saying, but, but you pointed out the best, the best option is to say both things were wrong. Riots in the summer, riot on Wednesday were wrong. And to, not only is that the best answer and the best answer politically, it also has the benefit of being the right answer. Right. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It's, it's all bad. I, I spent a lot of time during Obama's reign pointing out that as the, that the president is the person who has the biggest platform in the world and that the president is the person who should set the tone. And I've always said that, but I think held everybody is responsible. Account. What? Held to a higher account. Yeah. Higher standard. Oh, always, sure. The always. 25th and, Amendment only applies to the president for a reason. Right. And so for me, the thing about the election without getting into whether or not we believe I personally do not believe the election was stolen. OK, Same. that's my personal belief. I know people do. Yep. I know they believe it fervently. And that so I'm not trying to even get into that debate right now. But what I am trying to say is that I do think that at the end of the day, when this is said and done, the entire world is commenting on this and watching because America is that shining city on a hill that everybody is watching around the world. And our election system is something that people it's never been perfect that people around the world have looked at and it has been a model and we have destabilized entire countries and gone back in and tried to give them that same gift and it hasn't always been successful yep. but for us to now as a country be tinkering with this idea that this system is flawed and that an election has been stolen for us to definitively say that without proper evidence is actually one of the most dangerous things I think we could be doing. And that is, so I'm not trying to slam Trump. What I'm saying is I think yesterday gave us a lens into just how much fire people are playing with when they say these sorts of Listen, things. Work, and, on, work on a book yeah, title. I'm book plugging book. my book. Um, so my concern <laughs> is when Trump is gone in two weeks and when we have a new president and there's another election, what is going to happen? Are yeah. we going to confront this and deal? And this is something both sides need to deal with now because Hillary Clinton also undermined the election before this, yeah. right? I mean, so, this has been multiple. I mean, really, I mean, oh, sure. since, and it happened I with mean, John a long Kerry time. Versus, and I think, uh, um, you know, one of the one of the congressmen pointed out that yesterday. I mean, that that you know, it's you know, we've seen the, the left, you know, just have issue with every single election that a Republican has won. I think that I mean, I think you're right. I, I think that there is a real fear of instability, you know, with that and kind of um, I, I mean, I've talked to so many people, uh, especially that are that are, you know, Republican or Trump supporters. And their perspective is like elections don't matter anymore. Yeah. It's never going to be. It doesn't matter what we do. Left's always going to get it their way, you know, especially now that, you know, we have all three, uh, you know, kind of the the House, House, uh, uh, Senate and the the presidency is all left like it, republicans will never win another election again i'm not you know that, i think that, that is a very common view yeah, i'm not that pessimistic whether it's but i get right it. i get it what's that so i'm not that pessimistic but i get it yeah i, I mean I, yeah that. again yeah. whether it's right or not that is now a feeling yeah. that's out there which could actually continue to hurt the right even more making people disenfranchised with that and not voting yeah. but do you think that this is and Trey Gowdy said, if I had to think of one thing that encapsulates what the Republican Party believes right now, my mind would go blank. I'm misquoting him, but he said something along those lines today that and I mean, for years, lecturing people rightfully about spending, throwing it out the window. I mean, 
whether people like Trump or not, this is a reality. He is the face of the Republican Party and he doesn't care about fiscal responsibility. He doesn't care really about a lot of things outside of Israel and pro-life issues and a few other elements in immigration. Not going to war. Not going right, which is actually more of a liberal perspective in some ways, right? So so he's an anomaly, but he's the party right now. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. who the party is. Yeah. So I thought you know, Billy, you brought up a point that I think is worth mentioning and highlighting. And that was that we, we've gone to these other places and tried to prop up, you know, take down governments or prop them up. Nation building. Listen, I'm anti-nation building, right? I was for the war in Iraq. I was, but not to nation build, right? I was for it because I believed well, it doesn't matter. I'm anti-nation building. The great, the, what this shows us and what we have seen over the last year and especially the last few weeks and especially Wednesday is that this is a very precarious thing this democracy thing that this is not something that you just thrust upon people. This is not something that, so people who have criticized the idea of nation building, say in Iraq, it's like, you understand this is not a system that you just thrust upon people who are not ready for it. Right. Right. This is, it takes freedoms. It is, it is all about freedoms and liberty combined with faith. It is not liberty and fraternity as the French Revolution was about, as the French government was about. This is about liberty and faith. And if you jettison one of those two things, the whole system falls down. Yeah. And it is we are in a very precarious situation because we've got one we've got a large contingent of the country that's um I'll I'll say anti-faith, right? That is either opposed to faith or promotes perverting it. We've got a segment of the population, I think that the three of us would fall into, where we are faithful and we're praying and we're like, you know, God help us. And, and we're faithful to the things that we believe and to our, to our, to our Savior, all those. And we've got another part of the country that claims to be Christian and doesn't act like it and might be the most dangerous part of the population. People who claim to be Christian and aren't, who do nothing but destroy the witness of the church and destroy... Well, you know what I mean, and it's uh, Miles. You have a, a book coming out about some of these people, but there are people on the right who do the same thing. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian, and walk around with their with their middle finger extended because they're saying "f you" and "f the the horse you rode in on." All right, Chris, you don't need to talk about me. Well, I thought we weren't going to read your email. I, you're not the yeah. horse, <laughs> Billy. Well, I mean, uh, no, I I guess my fear is that. We the church is being held captive to what has happened in culture, which is the obsession of the self, right? It's all about me yep. and whatever I believe and whatever I feel is the truth. And so if I believe, and please hear me because I know people are going to get mad when I say this, if I believe that every video I've seen is accurate and the election was stolen, if I believe that and I feel it in my heart, it's true. And if I believe that you know there are 15,000 genders, then there are 15,000 yeah. genders because I said that's true. It's It's wild to watch this assault on truth everywhere and to see it in the church in different on different issues not just these issues how do you then reel that back in because what we saw yesterday those are people who are worshiping a person they are not worshiping they're not i'm not saying they don't worship god i'm saying they do not have god at the center or else that is not the sort of behavior you act out on right well, it was about- I, I think I think that partially what that is, and I mean, look, this is what we said this summer, and I think it's still true today. And, and to be fair, Billy's point is all about the people who were attacking the Capitol, 
Yes. It's, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. it's not yeah, about yeah, the yeah. thousands and thousands that, of people yeah. who are out there marching and supporting 100%. Donald Trump. I mean, it's not about those folks. It's no, about you can a, love Donald Trump and go march. I'm talking absolutely. about. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think that that some of I mean, again, you have I mean, I don't know how I haven't. Have you seen yet how many people they said actually went inside of the, the Capitol? Is there a number on I, that? Yet? I, hundreds, but yeah. Hundreds. I, I that was kind I of I assumed it was 100, 200 or something like that. But, uh, yeah, you know, the. um you know, when, when things were happening with the riots, you know, this past summer and everything in the spring, you know, what we were hearing is riots are the language of people who don't have a voice. Right. And I think what you saw yesterday, even though it was with a very small, you know, fraction of the hundred thousand person crowd, you know, that was there uh, for the march and for, you know, the rally earlier that day is you saw people you probably some of those people were just people that were looking for trouble and looking mm -hmm. for a way to to use that you know that that's not everybody but i think part of those people were people that felt like they didn't have a voice that that believed the election was stolen that felt like justice had let them down and felt like there was no opportunity to present the you know the case or the facts regardless if that's true or not that's how they felt mm -hmm. and again i'm not justifying that i think it's the wrong answer it was criminal it was they deserve i mean i want to see that that punished to the extent of the law for every single person that did that um but in the same way that i felt about the summer i understand that what was happening this summer was people without a voice that felt like they didn't have a voice i believe they did have a voice they felt like they didn't have a voice and so they responded that way and throw in some agitators and people felt. that are trying felt felt yes felt. this is this is the again feeling back to that self thing yeah, yeah. It's, it's not the truth your feelings are not the truth they're how you yeah. feel in the moment and that's great but it's not if you have evidence of something that's one thing and i think again these are broader conversations if nobody has let's just and maybe you'll disagree on this because i have a friend a very close friend of mine who disagrees we talked about it today um Th there is not definitive evidence to back up every claim that Donald Trump has made about the election. There is not definitive out there evidence that we can all point to right now and say, there's the evidence. So if you don't have that evidence, but you really believe it and you act out on it, this is how very dangerous things happen. And I think Trump's response, which he put out a response to this, that on the surface, that response, it was a very powerful response of this is wrong. This is awful. Um, I think he realizes how dangerous this is now that yeah. it's happened. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I I, yeah. I enjoy I mean, you were I, I just watched his response right before we started recording. And, you know, I mean, I felt like, you know, for me as a guy who voted for Trump, I hear that and I go, this is a heartfelt response. This is the Donald Trump that's been, you know, campaigning. You know, this is the Donald Trump that I think that, you know, his supporters know. Right. Um, I think that, you know, it's but I understand there's going to be pushback and there's going to be people that have all sorts of thoughts on the other side of that. I get it. You know, um, I think that, you know, for I'm somebody who's probably in the middle of the whole election stolen thing. I believe that there was I, I mean, there's been fraud in the Democratic sure. Party with elections for years. And I think it's it's it has to be prosecuted at some level. I'm not saying it would change the results. I'm not saying it's enough sure. to do that. But if we don't start prosecuting that, if we don't start acknowledging that for what it is, then, you know, what we're doing is we're just allowing them to kind of it's it's just evil kind of going to seed. Yeah. And that's that's going to produce a lot of bad fruit. And it already has, um, you know, again, I the position that that Pence was in, I think Pence, I mean, I hate to say this because I don't want the result to be what it is, but I think Pence did the right thing yesterday. I'm not somebody who looks at Pence and go, oh, you traitor, you know, or something. I've never been a huge, you know, Pence fan. Mm -hmm. um, I don't not like him, 
but you know, I'm an Indiana guy and you know, he's, you know, it was originally obviously the governor's state. Um, I'm not anti Pence. He's just never done it for me. He's just yeah. very, you know, it, he's a little too, a little too vanilla for my, for my liking, you know, in terms of how he presents himself. I think he handled that yesterday marvelously. And I think that he did the right thing because here's why, although I would have loved for him to like find some loophole in the constitution to be able to make a choice or send it back. What I don't want is for the next time, you know, for, you know, uh, you know, Kamala to just decide that she's now the president of the United States. And every single time we have a Democrat in office, it's setting a precedent that is not good. And so I wish this would have been dealt with much sooner. I wish it had been worked through the courts, everything else. I think Pence made the right call yesterday based upon where the nation is at and based upon where those cases were at. Well, I I think I think you nailed it at the beginning when we talked about Pence and that, yeah, he's kind of vanilla, but that's exactly why he was the right man for that moment. yesterday. I agree with that. I agree with that. I think that's always been he's always been even keel. Always. I would imagine that there's an element i hope pence writes a tell-all because i'd be fascinated to know (laughs) in his mind when he accepted that because there were reports at the time that his wife was horrified by trump's comments locker room talk all that stuff uh that i would love to know what made him make that choice outside of feeling like god wanted him to do it because i don't believe he would do it if he didn't think that but what went into that for him because i do think the stabilization element I wish she was more present during the four years. I wish she was yeah. more out there during the four years because I think it would have it would have been helpful. And we saw a little bit of it in the pandemic. We saw him come for it was the wrong moment to have to come forward. Yeah. But I don't know. I I I am watching all of this and I'm just I'm worried for the country. I'm worried for like our you know our kids and and I'm hoping that this is like a wake up call that we can. And I, I mean, I'm being naive here, but I'm hoping that we can all look at each other and everyone can say, you know what? Over the summer, maybe you guys weren't being all violent. Maybe only some of you were. And you know what? Maybe the people yesterday or on Wednesday, maybe they weren't all being violent. Maybe just some of them were. And maybe everybody feels like they don't have a voice. And maybe there's some way, not kumbaya, but that we can actually exist without tearing each other down. I think there are spiritual elements at play in this country. I think there are so many things happening that are much deeper than the surface stuff that we're talking about, but this crap can't go on. I mean, this, this is not, it's got to stop. I mean, I, I think as far as we, the people, I think that those are great things, you know, to push for. Can that happen with, at a, at a policy level? No. You know, I mean, there, there's no, I mean, you know, to go to go biblical on this, there's no fellowship between light and darkness. Right. right. And so, you know, when I see when I see socialism advancing on our country, um, that's not there's there's not peace I can make with that. Right. You know, I can be I can be a peaceful citizen, you know, within the country, you know, to a degree. But but socialism always begins to affect and deny faith. And so. You know, I mean, there's a point that that stops. So I think that, you know, I, I was I got out of my car this morning downtown uh, in South Bend and uh, there was a gal walking down the street. She's African-American. And, you know, and, you know, well, we both got masks on so you can only see people's eyes. And I kind of just dip mine down for a second. You know, I'm outside uh, for any mask, you know, people out there that, uh, you know, uh, are going to freak out about this. I kinda, And I just said, hey, how's your day going? And she just started laughing and she goes, I'm doing all right. You know, and it was just. You know, we just had this moment very briefly where we're both going, the world is crazy, right? Yeah. But like we had this place of civility and and just like instant friendship that just happened right there on the street. 
And, you know, we need a lot more of that. And that's that was my thought after that experience. Like, I just thought, man, this is something that I think everybody just needs to go around saying hi to every single person they walk by, you know, for the next month here. But, you know, I mean, at a policy level, I'm concerned. Guys, not to be the bearer of weird news, and I know that by the time this airs, the public will know this. Betsy DeVos just resigned. She became the second cabinet yeah. member to resign. Chow resigned earlier today. I didn't realize. Yeah, I did not realize that. It just, I saw. It's probably better than invoking the yeah. 25th Amendment, I suppose. Well, I wonder if that's why people are resigning so they don't have to take part. Well, what if you don't have enough people, can you even invoke the 25th Amendment? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a certain percentage of the of the cabinet, right? So, yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's cabinet that's actually confirmed and filling in or if, uh, confirmed in, in, in office or if it's like if, you know, acting heads of a department can be. I don't I don't know. They're saying that it happened 11 minutes ago, and according to sources, that it was because of the react. It was because yeah. of his response to the mob, hmm. which I don't understand what they mean by that. But, well, I mean, listen, this is people, and and I have to say, like, listen, people have to do what they're going to do and say what they're going to say with this, and I think we need to respect people. I have had people flip out on me yeah. who are close to me over this, who are going to end a friendship over tweets that I've sent. I mean, you, and, I haven't and yours said were nasty. Yours were all of yours were like, we can't condone this right. kind of stuff. Right. This is I, not I mean, okay. Because I'm not willing to. For me, I just think I I'm looking at both parties and the responsibility here on both parties for years of suppressing Republicans and conservatives and Christians and going after people on the left and. You know, you got the boogeyman. We've talked about this. You got the boogeyman you always feared, and now he's here, and he's doing what he's going to do, and some people like it, and some people don't, and we had yesterday happen, and I think we 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 have all asked for this. We decided to take reality television and make it our reality, and I'm not talking about Trump. I'm saying the behavior that goes on, yeah. and it's just sad. It's sad it's to watch. Than, but it's more than that. And you and I, we've talked about this before on this show and other places. But this is a this is a heart issue, and this is about people wanting their way, right? And whether you agree with this or not, right? And whether you agree with BLM protests or not, it, that again, immaterial. On every Wednesday night, I allude our our youth church, our youth group stuff, and we've got about and hey, listen, we're in a small town. And on the at last night, we had a small crowd of 45 or 50 kids. That's a small crowd for us on a Wednesday night, total numbers. And I was working with the senior hires and talking to them about, here's what happened today. Because I, I had to put my lesson aside, right, the, the what we were going to talk about. We played our games and had our food and stuff. And then at the last— I'm shocked you know, you'd have food. Of course it's Sorry, not food. to ruin the story. But, um, but we— <laughs> We every ever so every Wednesday, then we end the last 20, 30 minutes. We have a little devotional time, time, and these are these are not church kids, right? Most uh, uh, out of out of we probably average about sixty. Out of those sixty, six are church kids, maybe, right? So these are kids who just, but they want they want to be with us and want to do the do what we're doing on Wednesdays and be a part of it, and they know that our faith is important to what it is we do. So they uh, they don't they more than put up with it. They listen. But we had a discussion last night about what had happened at the Capitol, right? And just what's your reaction? What did you see? And it was important for me to point out when we talk about whether the reason, whether you believe Trump stole it or not, is because this is a very Trump-friendly country. So these kids mostly come from Trump-supporting homes, right? So, and I said, and so so the, 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 the idea of it, the election being stolen was brought up and those things. I said, so put those things aside. 
is it ever okay to respond this way? And we got to the point where they're all saying, no, no, you can't be. And it's for the first time probably in their lives, they're having someone tell them, when you're wronged, your response is not, I have to have my way and have, have everything be right for me, right? When you're wronged, it's like, okay, you were wronged. That doesn't mean you don't try to fix it and address it, but you don't react to wrong with wrong. And uh, I said, but if, if, we don't, if we don't take this, we want to be change agents. It's our, little, our slogan, our, we have it on the backs of our shirts, is change starts here. That's what we do. It, we call our group Catalyst. If you want to be an agent for change, those people were trying to be agents for change yesterday, but they're not going to have a lasting change that actually changes hearts and, and matters past 100 years from now, right? There's one person on this, in the history of mankind that came to Earth, right, and split time in half, and was an agent of change for positive and impacted the lives of people beyond the grave. I said, this is the only person who's ever done it. And the crazy thing is, he didn't demand his way. When he taught us how to react to problems and things that are going on, he didn't demand his way. What you saw on Wednesday, what you saw this over the summer with the riots over the summer, what you saw was people saying, I have to have it my way. And I have to have it my way all the time. That's what we saw. And I said, you know what Jesus did? Well, you know what? He was wronged. Do you know how he responded? I love you. God forgive him. That's how he didn't demand his way. Ever. Because he knew what was important. And uh, all he ever did was look people in the eye and just say, you matter to me. I said, imagine what we can take. Think how, think how sad God will be if we take this event that we saw on Wednesday or we see, take the events that we saw over the summer and we don't take them and apply them to our lives and go, what can I do? How can I change my heart? How can I start stop having it be my way? Just think about if you were to start looking into the eyes of your parents and go, you know what matters to me? You and look in the eyes of your friends and your siblings and your teachers and your principals and whoever you're around. And you just said, you know what matters to me? You matter to me. And that's it. And that's what you left it at. How quickly do you think things, was, things would change in your life and in the world around you? How quickly would things change? And without any doubt in my mind at all, it would be a huge lasting change. That, that, and that's what it's, and that's what upset me most yesterday. It wasn't just that they were raiding the halls of Congress, but where I used to work, by the way. I'm like, I'm watching them walk through the halls of, of the Capitol building. Going, I walk there. I walk there. I, that's where I walk every day. Watching them tear apart the place that a place that holds a special place in my heart. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't as. It wasn't that. Oh, this is what America has become. That wasn't what ticked me off the most. What ticked me off the most is like these are people who are just demanding to have their way. That's not, that's not how it that's not how it's you supposed know, to be. Do you know how overjoyed I am for you to show this emotion? And I was smiling because you are an emotionless hack half the time. And here you are actually delivering <laughs> an amazing message about the one thing that should make us emotional. But see, but this goes so much deeper because it it's the disconnection from truth that is creating this. And 
there's no, it's not a surprise that you can take out a graph and you can look at our cultures move away from God, even cultural Christianity, which is not great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, even the move away from that, that all of these terrible things are trending right with that. And they're going, you know, they're going to continue to, unless we start reaching more people. It, it makes me want to push aside all the crap we've fought about on this show, all the stupid stuff in the world. Politics is stupid. It matters in the moment. It, it matters in terms of having a system that is not terrible, but in the end, what really matters is what you're talking about. And if we don't get people to understand that at a heart level, people are doomed. Not yeah. just we can talk about culture and politics all day. People right. are doomed. And that's way more important than well, whether only, or not we like Trump. That's what and his hairpiece. That's what God has told us repeatedly. And we seem to forget this, that the, he's told us repeatedly. That's what matters. Yeah. It's, do I do I support America and I want freedoms? And, and am I going to read your book, Lucas? Yes. I'll even pay full retail. I don't even buy it as a I've, gift I've for someone to do else. I've that a couple times, <laughs> and I will read it. And I and I believe in the things that you're going to be writing that you're writing in that yeah. book that's going to be in that. And we'll talk about it hopefully in a little bit. I believe in all those things, and I do think they're important. But what is what is it that God repeatedly says in His Scripture is the most important to everybody else? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm actually I'm finishing up um, Augustine's book, uh, The City of God, which is a 1100 page, just massive literary work. Um, I think I got 150 pages left and it is, he's contrasting the whole time, basically the city of this world and the city of God. And, you know, he was alive during the, really the, the fall, the start of the fall and, and kind of, you know, through the, uh, through the fall of Rome and, and he watched, you know, this great nation completely sort of implode mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I mean, I, I pray that that's not the case for for America. I think that we're we're at a crossroads, though, that we have to decide which way we're going to go as a nation. I am concerned about what that yeah, looks absolutely. like from a from a government standpoint. But at the end of the day, the city that, you know, we're sojourners here. That's the language that he would use. You know, we're just sojourners. And the you know, we have a city that will endure. We have a city that never ends. Do I care about politics? Yes. Yeah. Did I vote for Trump? Yes. And do I, was I against the violence yesterday? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, at the end of the day, I want to see the gospel go forth. Right. I care about politics and the extent of kind of what Billy said. Like, I want to see people thrive. I don't want to see people oppressed. I want to see people's businesses open. I want to see, you know, people have choice in healthcare. I want to see people have, you know, all these different things yep. that matter to me. But at the end of the day, you know, what matters more than any of that is the kingdom. And I think that, you know, we have an opportunity to, you know, to really be light for that and and to hopefully bring some light in a in a dark place. Yeah. Um, and and that's what the church voice is all about. We normally only cry because we make fun of each other, we hurt each other's feelings. But, well, uh, this is I, I think this is big. I mean, this is a big deal. And, you know, we also can't be surprised. And I think people need to remember, like. Lucas, you're kind of talk. You're hinting at this, I think, a little bit that you know we're here temporarily. But beyond that, we know for a fact, and some people will disagree with this theologically. But the Bible doesn't promise us, unless you're a post millennialist somehow, and you've got certain <laughs> beliefs that I don't think are that I don't personally agree with, but I respect that things are going to get better and easier. I mean, I I don't. My assumption is that the entire world is going to head down a path at some Correct. point. At some point, we don't know when that is not going to be very pleasant and not that we should, we should fight and push back against that and try to, because people have been waiting for this for 2000 years. But the point is we're not headed anywhere. We're not heading to green, pa greener pastures probably. And 
we need to remember that and keep the perspective yeah. on that. I think. So this yeah. this post millennials thing that you mentioned is that something I could read about in uh, in in um, there's a book Armageddon, called the Armageddon, Armageddon Code. Code. I, I thought <laughs> yes, it might be you there. can, you can. It's funny, yeah. Yeah, you can. It's on- funny how you forget things that you that you've worked <laughs> on and written. Um, but yeah, there was a book I that I think I wrote at one point called. I Armageddon never forget, Code. and I shan't let you. For the record, Augustine did not believe in the thousand-year reign of Christ in a literal time period. Heretic. That was something I just I thought was that was oh, very interesting. interesting. So I didn't know that. Um, you know, something that's been going on since you know. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, and, and basically the the last quarter of this book is him outlining kind of his end times theology is pretty pretty hmm. unique. So, um, no, that's cool. Are, right. We should probably start the show. Let's let's start the show. We'll come back. We'll have some yucks, right? We're, we're done with the serious. We'll come back, have some yucks, make each other cry, and uh, and then see what happens, right? Bill, you okay with that? Billy, put, that, put down the donut, Billy. Whatever. Ladies and gentlemen. Hello! From the sublime to the ridiculous, but mostly ridiculous. Billy Hollowell. Hey, does this suit make me look fat? It's not what he said, you ignorant wretch. Chris Field. Bad guy in little gold. Let me tell you why I suck. Lucas Miles. I want you to forget what you saw here today. Aw. I've interrupted happy time. The Church Boys. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I hate these guys. <laughs> um, I love. Lucas was just holding up a note on paper so that we could actually communicate with him because he didn't want us to. I, I forgot um, I had the chapbooks over here. <laughs> well, I was texting you trying to figure out what in the world. Um, so apparently, none of us remembered the technology we used. Uh, you know, technology. I actually thought we weren't going to intro the show like normal. I had totally forgotten, so I was over it. I wasn't even going to remind you. No, Chris, and listen, we can still. Do, I like to hear still, that song. I do too. I love it, and it's okay. So we Abby started. Thompson so we really started, loves it. So we started the show. Oh, does she really? She does. Oh, good. I love By the it. way, Lucas's book is performing very well it's on Amazon. Really actually, it, it is. It's, I had to bring this up. Fact, yeah, I. Uh, we just announced it Tuesday. Right. Uh, on Amazon. And it is already. Tell people the name of it. It is called The Christian Left, How Liberal Thought Has Hijacked the Church. The Christian Left, How Liberal Thought Has Hijacked the Church. It's already number one in new release church history wow. on Amazon. And uh, we were number one in another category yesterday. I think it's now number two. Uh, you made the best seller on your hands. I kind of we'll see. I oh, mean, I see that uh, Billy Hallowell, you got a Billy Hallowell review, editorial review on here listed on the Amazon page. I, I did. Yeah, there's uh, um, yeah. So huh. Billy, we have David and Jason Benham, Phil Cook. Where's my review um, on there? I don't, uh, Buzz I don't Patterson, Stephen Baldwin. I don't see uh, that's going to be on the next page. Oh, is that on? Okay. Yes, that'll be the, the second the second tale of releases there. So uh, I'm going to write so many reviews. It's not even funny. I can't wait to give it a one star. <laughs> So yeah, I've gotten I've gotten a couple lists so far on Amazon that it's it's been in the top you know three. What? So I'm, I'm uh, on we're Am- actually number three in Christian I'm, leadership too. I'm on, so yesterday. I'm on Amazon. I'm on Amazon right now. I'm going to click pre-order now. Click. Yes. I'm oh, gonna have to do broken. the same thing. Working. Wait, is there a Billy Hollywood review live on this right now? There, there is. is a, yeah. Well, it's up. It's not like in the book review, like at the bottom. It's, it's editorial a quote reviews from your your endorsement that you did for it. 
What a nice person. Let I me am. read what you said. You're here. really something, this Billy. The, this will be the nicest thing you've ever said. It might be. Lucas Miles masterfully explores the slow drip of theological maleficence what? that can steadily seep into the hearts and souls of believers, many times without their knowledge. His exploration of the slow and steady erosion of truth, one that is brought about through a malignant eclipse of biblical orthodoxy by a tragically defi- deficient ideology. Uh, ide- um. <laughs> You're so stunned that you can't even finish <laughs> I know. It. This is like the nicest thing. Um, ideology of the self is an essential read for any believer attempting to understand what in the world is happening in our world. Billy Hollow. Wow. I don't even Arthur remember. Charles. I don't even remember writing that. You know I must why, you know, been... Do you know why you don't remind, remember writing that? Because he wrote it for you and then stopped <laughs> no, your name. I on wrote it. it because I remember Lucas being like, I need your I need this from you. I need this from you. Billy, it's like midnight and I did it at 9 p.m. And I remember <laughs> like waking up from a stupor and being like a clip with a thesaurus in hand. I, no, I don't. Those big words. I'm going to tell you something. I cannot communicate verbally things. I'm the and same I'm, way. Half the time, I'm terrible writing them. But I sometimes will. My fingers will move and things will come out, and I'll be like, "That kind of made sense." Is I you, don't know. You're one of those it. infinite number of monkeys at infinite typewriters, people. I do not believe. I also don't believe in any rules. And Chris is a stickler for rules, so he loves rules. Yeah, when somebody yeah, says AP me. style, I vomit in my mouth. <laughs> oh yeah. I know. So, I know AP style. Right here, live, live on the air. I am clicking. Place your order. Click. Yes. Uh, and Chris, don't burp on the there air. There you go. Uh, paid Chris just, just paid full <laughs> retail. Chris, do you it. see that any money makes him burp? Do you see that? Oh, I hate it. it actually gives him agita. Yeah, Chris. so I mean, the book doesn't come out until May. It comes out May 4th it ships. But uh so far so good. Uh we'll be doing a lot of promotion. I'm sure we'll talk about it at least a couple times. I'll talk you guys into it on the show. Yeah, absolutely. And um I think we so, should get, and it, I think we should get in depth on a, on another show, but give us would love to. Give us a give us a minute or two here about it. Kind of lay it out and Yeah, so I mean the the general the general gist of it is that, you know, I believe the church has been invaded, you know, that we see um the pulpits in America have been uh, really overturned. I mean, it's not unlike what we saw yesterday, except for in a in a violent. It's not a violent takeover. It is it is a slow erosion that's happened within the church where we've rep- replaced you know really biblical values. And I, I say this in the book: we've exchanged the Trinity of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit for the Trinity of diversity, acceptance, and social justice. And you know that um, you know this has produced within the church this erosion of the inerrancy of scripture, the lordship of Jesus, uh, things like traditional marriage, um, you know, uh, biblical views on gender. You know, I talk about abortion in the book. We talk about, I mean, really a lot of the hot topics. And because uh, the publisher, Broad Street Publishing, which is just, they're awesome. I've just really enjoyed working with them uh, on this book. They, they, uh, you know, originally because of COVID, you know, uh, or I guess before COVID, I was going to have the book done like end of the summer. And as things kind of got pushed back, the, you know, we had to kind of revisit the the release schedule. And we originally had talked about trying to get it out by the election, but there was just no way that was going to happen in a COVID year. So we pushed it to the spring of, of 2021. And, but they, I wanted the book to feel relevant. So they let me um, do the conclusion of the book. I wrote everything except for the conclusion and they let me wait until after the election. Oh, wow. So, but of course... You know, November 4th, we still have no idea what's going on. Right. And so 
Um, I, I, I kind of got to sit on it for a week or so, but then it was, you know, it was time to like get that out so it could kind of stay in the cycle. And, uh, I was really happy, especially even now I just read the, the conclusion the other day. I just felt like it still stands. It's still valid for where we are. And, um, you know, I, I really think that this is a, it's a, I, I know that the word manifesto is used in a negative way a lot of times, but right. it's a manifesto of sorts. It's a, um, you know, to, to really help guide the church on, how do we go forward from here? How do we unite around scripture? How do we deal with error when we come across it? How do we as Christians, um, you know, uh, react to society, our government when it's contrary to scripture and really try to give us a roadmap roadmap back to, you know, being the light of the world rather than, you know, uh, uh, you know, the mockery, you know, of, of the city. And so, uh, that's that's kind of the short version. So, so I'm still working on all my talking points, but that's uh, that's at least uh, overview. So it's it's a it's it's in a large part, not entirely, a large large part, a look at policy in a way. It's Christianity and social from a uh, from a largely a policy standpoint because you're not simply having theological disagreements with yes, people. It's, it's, it's not, not a theology it's book not, necessarily. It's not Correct. Wesleyan versus Calvinist that kind of stuff. It's not yes. that. It's yes. Other things. So I um. You know, it's interesting. I, I think that it is a book that I would say, for the most part, with probably the exception of a few denominations, you know, on the fringes, I think it's going to feel orthodox, for lack of a better term, to most Christian denominations and traditions. You know, this is, I mean, I certainly have what would pro- people would view as fringe doctrines that I might believe personally. You know, I lean charismatic, you know, things like that. Um, I, that's not what this book is about. This book is really about the central core of what is the gospel and I bring in kind of three different elements to it. It covers uh, really church history. I have some fascinating stories, and this was probably the most fun thing about writing this, of really pulling out stories from church history, you know, all the way from, you know, New Testament, you know, through, you know, today, have a lot in there about Luther, Calvin, Augustine, you know, these different names that people recognize, but probably stories that they haven't heard. Mm. I trace the um, the birth of, and the, the cover is kind of a aggressive cover you know it's it's got the christian uh, it's a red bright red cover kind of communist red cover and and it has the christian left and the e on the left is made of the christian socialism symbol which is sort of this sickle and a tilted cross and that's actually the the -hmm. symbol for christian socialism and um and so i i trace the roots of christian socialism and really kind of the early thinking of when christianity and socialism combined it was actually much earlier than what people might think and uh, I deal with that and kind of trace that through a lot of, you know, kind of background philosophy. And so and then and then also bringing in, you know, current politics and pop culture. Uh, there's a Miley Cyrus reference. There's, you know, there's something for everybody, mm. something for the kids. I talked to them. Very, very enticing. Miley Cyrus. Yeah, you know, thank I, you. I, I want to cancel my pre-order, but thank you. So here's a great thing. I, while we were speaking, I dug up. There is a Donald Trump review of. Uh, of this, this, this. Here we go. They say that's amazing. How did you do that? I thought it's pretty stellar. I think you should use well, that. You know, see if you can add that to your Amazon page. I like it. So I'll see what I can um, do. But yeah, so it's out. It's available. Good. So all of our uh I just pre ordered it and I feel my mom. I feel very um I, I know like Lucas supported me, so now I'm gonna have to support him in <laughs> reading about, you know, the people who I hey, listen, there's, there's nothing tweets, there's Billy. nope, there's nothing that says you have to read it, Billy. All you have to do oh, is no, buy I'm it. actually excited Trust to read this. Me. I am. Trust I think... me, Billy. 
All well, you Chris, have to do is buy it. <laughs> hold on. Chris and I. Huh. Shut up, shut up, Chris. You, I know you and my wife have never read one of my books. I bought four um, of them. Uh, yeah. Well, um, what was I going to Oh, Chris and I did. There was a magazine, the Blaze magazine yeah, back in the day. Yeah. We did the Christian left was a yeah. cover story that I oh, wrote. Wow. Chris. The rise of the religious left. I'm looking at it now on my wall. Where yeah. was that when I needed some more references? That it was probably 4,000 word piece. Didn't it was bother big. to ask, did we? I remember almost being late getting it to you. Almost? <laughs> you were late every time you wrote a story for me. Every <laughs> time. Every time. I was. I mean, that like, beyond, like, all the other articles, every other page of the magazine was done. Captions it were written for photos. And for I've got four, five, six blank pages waiting for <laughs> Billy's nonsense. Well, I mean, and this is why, no joke, being late for Chris when he was the editor of the Blaze magazine scarred me so much that I had a pact that I would never be late for a book deadline, and I never was after. <laughs> Good. I'm glad I scared so you. Thanks for ruining me. That's right. That's funny. All right. So, and also, Billy, yeah. you're going to be on the Lucas Miles show here soon, too. I am. I'm oh, excited. I'm just to my playground. I'm starting to to do more interviews again for playing with fire. I got to I got to get out there and talk and talk. I, I wanted to wait till after Christmas. And Lucas very nicely asked me to come on his show, which I'm excited about. What he doesn't know is it's actually going to be about your exorcism. Oh. <laughs> <An> exorcism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so hateable. Um, I feel like this has been a good episode of our show, guys. I have to tell I you, do. we have cured America's woes, and we didn't even talk about Kamala Harris's cackle, not once. So, can we? Can we? Maybe we. We've only got a few minutes left. Can we close with the adventure that I had for the entire month of yes. December? <laughs> yes. Lucas texted me one morning, like, "Oh yeah. my god!" I don't remember what you said. You're like, "Oh my gosh, have you seen Chris's feet?" <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness, this so, is spectacular. I don't I know. I couldn't have paid. I could not have paid for a better debacle. I don't know if people who nothing said to our show "Merry or... Christmas 2020" like Chris's, like my feet on Twitter December 19th getting yeah. hacked. Oh my, and inappropriate. It was, I think the word you're looking for is pornography. Oh, and and it got it was worse than I will lay this out for you. So on December 9th, I'm sitting at my desk. It's the middle of the middle of the day. What? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. So, so uh, the December 9th, I'm sitting at my desk, middle of the day, middle of the work day. Suddenly, I'm logged. I'm kicked out of Twitter. I'm on. I've got tweet deck. Tweet deck. Uh, suddenly says log in if you want to access your account. Oh, what? Well, maybe it's just time. Maybe I've been on so long. It, I mean, it's just finally kicked me out. I had to try to write, wouldn't log in. Couldn't log in. What in the world? And I look at my and an email pops up from and it says from Twitter support. Did you log into a into your account from Manhattan, New York? I'm like, well, no. But it was too late. The person whoever had done it had someone had broken into my account and changed the passwords. And then changed all the contact information, so I couldn't even get like an email or anything. Sent it's amazing. It. I, nothing. I couldn't do anything. And so I immediately, I'm, I'm like, oh crap. So I, I mean, of course, who do I go to? Who do I whine to during the day? Because my wife's not going to listen to me. I whine to Billy, and I say to Billy, uh, my, I think my Twitter account just got hacked. I can't log into anything. Nothing's working. Nothing. I can't. I said, can you see if like if you're getting any responses? And there's it sat dormant. And there was no, nothing happened, so I'm, I'm, I sent a, I did the whole my account's been hacked thing with Twitter, Twitter support, <laughs> and I cannot get anything. I, I don't get a response. I get the automated generated response like here's your case number, 
answer these questions. I do that three or four times at least in the coming in the in the week after that. Nothing. I get nothing. And then at about midnight or so, the one o'clock in the morning, I get I get a call. I'm I'm woken up to a call. It's about about December eighteenth, nineteenth, somewhere in there. I think is when I get this call. And I get a call, and it's and at first I think somebody's pranking me. I'm like, why is somebody calling me at one o'clock in the morning? I'm like, it's got to be Billy being an idiot, and it's not. And I, I answer, and it's my home phone ringing, which made me go, well, wait, it's because I'm groggy. I said, it's, it's not Billy. So I, I answered the phone. It's got a New York phone number on it. I'm like, what? So I, I answer the phone. I pick it up. And it's like someone right out of Central Casting, this New York cop has called me on the phone. And he goes, I'm Officer so-and-so, and I'm with the New York Port Authority, New York, New Jersey Port Authority. I'm a detective uh, at JFK and are you currently using your Twitter account? I said, no, my Twitter account was hacked about 10 days ago. He says, that's kind of what we figured. Somebody is actively right now. Can I, do you think I can say this, Billy? Um, I don't know. I would be vague. Someone is actively sending threats. How about that? Threats right now to certain places. And we kind of figured it might be a hacked account, but we didn't know because we had clicked on your, and it's obviously your, it says your account says you're in Pacific Northwest and this is happening in New York. And he said, we kind of figured it might be a hacked account, but we have to clear your name. So he said, do you have any, ev-? I said, well, I, I have filed a couple of emails with Twitter trying to say, listen, this is not okay. Would you handle this? <laughs> with, with, and, and the detective said, can you send us, can you send, okay can all. you send us evidence that this is, that this, that you did this? And I said, well, yeah. So two, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, I'm the emailing with the detective back and forth. He was awesome about it. I mean, he was, I started texting him good. at that point too, because things took a turn. Yeah, Cause yeah. Cause so, that was the so morning I'm, they took si- a turn. I'm sitting there yeah. going, Oh my gosh. And so then Billy starts texting me. And it's well, two o'clock in the morning. He's, well, not I, I no, I'm not He's not expecting a response, and I immediately respond like, "I, I, I just wait, got can I just say something? The, Nothing the, the got out of control. Nothing really got out of control. And still, so I to myself, let me direct message Chris's account, which was a mistake. Anybody responds, that and was awesome. oh, did I get some responses? Oh my goodness! And I was like, oh boy and as soon as i direct message and this angry person responded to me that's when no you said because you i wrote you and i said did you know chris's account's been hacked and you're like oh yeah his account's been hacked i said have you looked at it recently? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and then I Billy know. opens it up and he's like, "Oh my that's god!" I saw the other stuff. I was like, "Oh," and not this person did not send a message, did not do a thing until I was like. Hey, are right. you okay? That's all you I wrote. Bring up hey, the best are you okay? out of people, Billy. Oh my are goodness. Okay? It was so and so then all this pornography starts getting thrown on. And Twitter wasn't deleting. I'm like, Billy is filing complaints with Twitter things. This is not okay. <laughs> Report this. Nothing. I don't know. I reported too, I, yeah. I could not get Twitter to respond to I'm a verified account. I don't have a gazillion followers like Billy over here. Well, I used to before But I can't get I can't get Twitter to respond. I have told them multiple times I have had a hacked account. Can you please address this? Nothing. I, I get nothing. Every moment of you it. guys every are reporting for other friends are saying, I'll report this for you. People re- were texting me, is Chris okay? And have you seen porn- his feed? There's like, pornographic images. I mean yeah. like and not just like veiled pornographic, not like oh we're kind of showing kind of edges of bits and pieces. I mean it's like full on Can we talk about the weirdest thing though? Turgidity turgidity all over it. Wait, but the guy and I'm assuming it's the person who did this, fully clothed in a bathtub of water, yeah, like kicking his legs. It was weird. With shoes and jeans on. 
It was weird and so and hilarious. But we had multiple people reporting these. I mean, porn is not supposed to be able to be posted on Twitter, and if it is, it's supposed to be reported and immediately taken down. We kept reporting. People kept reporting it, and Twitter did nothing. Nothing. For Nothing for like a day or two. No, was, yeah. no, it was still up there when I got. So finally, this week on Monday or Tuesday, on Tuesday, Tuesday, January fifth. Wow. I so get access. I finally it was a month. Finally, I've got some. I've got some friends and coworkers who've got a little bit of juice and connections to Twitter, and they said, "Have you got your account back yet?" And they said, "No." And they said, "We've kept trying to talk to Twitter." Finally, one person says, "Let me talk to him." And they had. And they told their friend about what had gone on, and they immediately they escalated it right up the chain. And within six hours, it was fixed. So Tuesday morning, I get access back. I go to my account. I had to start deleting posts because they're still they were still there. Twitter did nothing. These pornographic images. I mean, we're talking full on erections and other nasty it, stuff all over the place. And Twitter did nothing. All I of mean, these posts. Well, were what they did was they, they did offered nothing. entertainment with your suffering to all of and your so friends. And so then, also, oh, but here's. So here's the here's the really uncomfortable part. Besides the fact that there's this porn on here, besides the fact that threats were being issued to certain um, businesses that the Port Authority of New York at JFK would have to put two and two together here, folks, would have to call me in the middle of the night. Not only that, not only do I have to deal with that, delete those. Thankfully, my name had been cleared by the police. Now I have to do this, and then I have to go to my direct messages. And boy was oh, that! Wait. I didn't know oh, this part. Oh boy, was that fun to straighten those conversations out? What so, was this person doing? Well, he sent like so a friend of mine who both of you know. I mean, well, at least you know of. Um, very good friend of mine, former. I'm not going to say anything other than very good friend of mine. Uh, she was she was very kind in her response. She goes, "I didn't figure it was you." I said, "Thank you." So um, I had to. Was so he initiating was he initiating these contacts? Well, they were people that already had conversations with. So uh, it was just open all, all your of, messages. All, so all of, all of the DMs. I went through all of the DMs that had been sent from my account, and uh, thankfully, this person had only responded to like six or seven people. Was but, I the first person who interacted with this person? Might have been. There? Might have been. <laughs> Yeah, I don't appreciate know why that, that sparked that. this. It was almost like he was like, I'm going to make him pay. Uh-huh. All I said was, hey, oh, you're friends you with o- Billy. Hey, are yeah. you okay? Yeah. It's like, he could, hey, I couldn't hack okay? Billy's account, but I bet I can get his. He was Nimrod not doesn't... okay. Anyway. Well, you know what's funny? When this started, I got, as this was going on, I got the two-factor thing from Twitter. Like, well, in the middle of this, they were like, oh, do you want to verify? So I wonder if they knew that, I wonder if they like are smart enough to know that you're connected to other people, but dumb enough to fix the problem. It's ridiculous. So it, wow. it took it took wow. a month for me to get my I, verified account with multiple posts posting, with me sending multiple, multiple emails and filing multiple reports and multiple postings with pornography that were highlighted and reported by multiple people across Twitter. And Twitter did nothing for a month. Well, if and you pay Jack Dorsey enough to torment un- your friend, un- they will. Uh-huh. will. Unbelievable. Part of me was horrified. Part of me, part of me thought it was hilarious. And yeah. Lucas's messages to me, like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> I was laying in bed oh, and I man. looked. I was because I saw like some tweet. And I was like, "Wait a minute, what?" And I, opened, <laughs> I'm like, um, "Whoa, Billy, do you know what's happened to Chris?" So was, yeah, so that was lighting. so yeah. So oh. thankfully, thankfully, all of the people that this person DM'd from my account, all of them were understanding. I mean, it's like, um, well, except 
I haven't had a chance to straighten it out with our friend. Did you ever get a hold of our friend, Billy, that I said, would you contact so-and-so let them know I have my account back now? Oh, no, but he knows. I, okay. I actually, Good. I have to reach out to him again. He did say, let me know when, and I totally, I, I forgot. I'm doing okay. it as we speak. Anyway, so. so <laughs> the joys of Christmas. <laughs> anyway, so I've got all the things, but thankfully all of those friends that were that were DM'd by this this. Hey, church. and a happy new year to our Church Boys audience. Yeah. Yeah. Happy yet. New Year. There's something, I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, I love the meme what? of uh, Joker. Uh, it says, uh, <laughs> The it clown. Yeah. Phil Cook, I saw posted this this week. He's got uh, a Joker and it says 2020 showing 2021 around the workplace. And it's, <laughs> it, it's the Joker like motioning to yes. the it clown. Like, yeah. like, welcome. The best, welcome aboard. The best commercials that were on television the last two months, the last two weeks of December were those match commercials with Satan and 2020. Did you see those? No, I didn't oh, see those. They're hyster- You've got to look them up because. I'll look them up. So it's match.com is doing this and Satan's okay. lonely. He's in hell and he's lonely. He's texting. He's on match and he meets someone and they meet uh, under a bridge and the girl comes around the corner. She's really cute. And he goes, and it's Satan. I mean, he is full on big old horns, huge red muscles. And he goes, 2020. She goes, call me 2020. <laughs> so they go on these <laughs> dates. I don't ever want it to end. And it's just, there's fire falling from the sky. They're sitting alone in a theater. I mean, it's all this they're both just horrible people. But anyway, so it's matched. It was a brilliant marketing campaign for Match. 20, 2021 is already uh, worse fire. than 2020 was. Like, <laughs> like seven days in. Right. It, it's already the, one of the most embarrassing moments in American history has right. unfolded right. in the first seven days. Of you add up all the idiocy of 365 days of 2020, and it doesn't even compare to the first six of 2021. Okay. Here we go. But I mean, which seal are we on? Which seal has been opened? I do not know. I I we I hope we're a couple in at least. Uh, I just hope my book makes it out. Your book is going to do phenomenally well. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I hope so. Because you know, if he get, yeah. if he's successful enough, he'll leave us. <laughs> so that would be for his own sell good. those books, my man. I already have my agent planning my. Uh, oh, by the way, hold letter. on, everyone, hold on. We have to let people know we've been in the top 100 repeatedly. We were again the other day, yeah. and we yes. own Australia and Canada and Brazil still. Yeah. Well, you know what? Welcome to the rest of the world. Come and listen to us talk about our dysfunctional government. <laughs> people <laughs> I, will feel right at home in certain countries. Yeah. I'm going to predict this episode. Nothing but the top here. Really? Uh, you know, even with I as mean, serious as we were at the beginning. Why not? It's first time back. We've 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 starved them out for like two or three weeks, yeah, and, and we're we back. didn't fight. We you know we got back to our roots of yeah. being kind yeah. and loving towards one another while also mocking Chris's unfortunate. <laughs> there you go. That is really the heartbeat of the show. That's right. It is. We have to we have to, sp- to steal a line from Dude Perfect. We'll we will have to have the wheel of unfortunate, and uh, each each week will be a different person subject to something horrible. That's usually me, so yes. I'm glad it wasn't for once. All right, so I guess we better hit the eject. Oh, button. I did have hey, a flat tire anyway. I this did. was fun. Oh, it was. Billy, your flat tire made my day. And the fact that you were stranded 12, 15 miles from your house. Yeah. Great. All right, so. $1,400 later. Anyway, it's been fun. Thanks for that reminder. <laughs> Happy New Year. Oh, here we go. Nope. Wrong button, idiot. Happy New Year. <laughs> I'm just so fat. Baddest fingers in the West. Oh, look at these. <laughs> My children tell me I have hot dog fingers. 
more like Italian sausage that's been cooked too long and bloated. <laughs> if anybody would know anything about a bloated Italian sausage. There's a Twitter joke in there someplace. I think so. Oh, no. You'll probably find that on my Twitter account. You know, whatever. The Church Boys. To those who wreaked havoc in our capital today, you did not win. Violence never wins. Freedom wins. Let's get back to work.